Thanks for joining us for another great message from Futures Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to futures.church. And now for our message. Names. Let's get into the word. Names. My name is Joshua Ernest Greenwood. If you didn't know, my middle name is Ernest. Who thinks that's a solid middle name? Who thinks, who thinks Ernest may not come back in fashion? This is my wife. This is Jana Louise Greenwood. Known as Shana, but it's Jana. Jana Louise Greenwood. This is John Catherine Villani. A strong Italian name, Catherine. And uh, it's not really. And uh, Jana. Well, it's Mary. It's Mary. Anna's throwing him under. Jana. My plumpy girl. Some of you girls know what that means. It means my dream girl. Some of you guys are thinking, how did he just say that? No, apparently, Pastor Jane said, plump means dream in Hebrew. So who's, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Stop there, okay? Living the dream. I feel half the room hate me, half the room, quarter of the room got it. I've had many names in in my life. Darren Fowles as many times has called me Boofhead. I used to have long hair. Parents called me Mophead. Uh, when I did things wrong, called thicket, dropped the catch, butterfingers, dressed pretty cool, you're a funky monkey, used to be called greenie at school, my boys called me dad, Shana turns, turns around in the morning and says, good morning husband, she's literally never said that, my parents' son, names matter, we're talking about the names of Jesus, Pastor Tony talked about Jehovah Jireh. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Jehovah Rapha. Jesus, He is the lily of the valley. He is the light of the world. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is Goel, the one who redeems. He is the man of sorrows. He is the good shepherd. He is wonderful counsellor. He is mighty God. He is righteous judge. He is author of salvation. He is the high priest. He is the son of God. He is the lamb of God. He is the alpha and the omega. He is Emmanuel, El Shaddai, Elohim, the cornerstone, our soon coming King. He is the vine in which we abide. He is Christ. He is the Saviour of the world. He is our friend and our brother. He is the name that is above every other name. His name is Jesus. And the more you know of Him, the more you realise there is so much more than we could ever understand. So today we're going to look at another facet of who Jesus is. We're going to look at Jehovah Shalom. And we're going to open the altars in a moment. We're going to pray for you today. Because if there's one thing that we need need in this chaotic, crazy world, we think sometimes, I need more money, I need more rest, I need another holiday, you need the peace of God. You don't just need peaceful conditions, you need peace in your mind. You need peace in your spirit. You need peace in your body. Who needs the peace of God today? I want to show you what the peace of God is. We're going to explore more of who God is. Because sometimes what we imagine peace is like is, is like a holiday. Now, some people for a holiday just want to disappear and, and sit with a book. Whose kind of holiday is that? Who, who likes the cold? Who likes snow? Who likes disappearing and going somewhere cold? Who likes going somewhere hot? For me, for you it might be Gold Coast, but for me, it's Bali. I love going to Bali. I just love getting on that plane. It's like I step out of the plane on Dempasar Airport, I smell the air and I'm like, oh, 
Joshua Ernest Greenwood is home. And there's something about where we often think peace looks like this, where I could just lay back. Come on, who can be there now? Shut your eyes. That you're, that you're maybe just laying maybe by a beach and, uh, and you're just relaxing there. And you know, you're at an age where, where the kids, that you don't have to worry about, can they swim anymore? You're like, good luck, just go. I'll see you in 14 hours, maybe make it 20. And you just lean back and there's no emails, there's no WhatsApps, there's no one bothering you. There's a, veg, a, a, a virgin pina colada. Mm. Oh, it's so good. And, uh, and, and the sun's on me and I'm lathered in coconut oil and I'm going to order a sloppy burger and oh, so good. And, and I just sit and I disappear and all the worries and all the cares of the world go and finally I have peace. Except... When you come back from Bali, the flight's at 11.55 at night and it's on the worst Jetstar plane on the world, in the world. <laughs> it's always delayed. And, and, and you get home at six in the morning and, and you get home and now you're exhausted. Need a holiday from that flight. <laughs> and then you look on your phone and there's about 50 text messages and about 400 WhatsApps and now the emails are all there and all the things that you avoided while you were having peace and quiet suddenly come and now you realise it wasn't peaceful at all, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and we think this is peace. But it's actually not what the Bible's version of peace is. It's just a peaceful moment. And what we often do is we try to find peace so we medicate, we drink or we disappear in the work. Or, or we plan the next holiday. We jump on social media because just for a moment, I just need what we think is peace and quiet. But the moment we pop our head up again or we step into reality again, we realise it actually isn't peaceful. It was just a moment. And the problem is it now leaves us more frustrated because I experienced the moment, but now I go back into what I call reality and now I'm more disappointed than I ever was before. Today, I don't want to talk to you just about peace. I want to talk to you about Jehovah Shalom. I want to talk to you about someone that is greater than just peaceful conditions. So to understand where we first see Jehovah Shalom, we have to go to the book of Judges in a moment. And before I look at the name Jehovah Shalom, we actually have to look at another name, and that name is the name Gideon. And Jehovah Shalom first appears in the story of Gideon and Judges, but to fully understand the picture, you have to understand what the name Gideon means in the Hebrew. See, the name Gideon means someone who's broken or breaks into pieces. It means someone that is cut down. It means the name Gideon means someone that's torn apart. The name Gideon means someone that's divided. It, it's someone that's double-minded. Uh, maybe you understand what this is like. Like you're here today, but you're actually divided. You're worried about this week. Uh, you're here today and you're in worship, but your mind's split apart and you're regretful about yesterday or, or in the years gone by. You're here, but you're not really here. There's a part of you that's split. You're with your kids right now because you're disappointed and sad about where they are or, or worried about their salvation, maybe worried about their future. You're here and if you're honest, there's a part of you that's broken even though you're in His presence because when you lift your head and you look at the world around you and your conditions or what your diagnosis or what you're going through, you actually don't feel whole, you feel split apart. That was Gideon. 
Maybe you're here and you're worried, you're torn, you're anxious, you're restless because maybe there's a problem that's in your life that you don't feel grace to carry but now your mind has baggage because of it. That there's a challenge or opposition that you don't have the strength to fight right now. That maybe it's like a lie from your past that you know is a lie but it's robbed you of your confidence and you're not able to fully be whole and run into what God has for you. Maybe it's a mistake or a disappointing moment and you feel like it's fatal to your future. So you're here, but part of you broken and you're living there. Maybe it's a report or a diagnosis or a situation that you can't change, but you have to live with so you feel like you're torn. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're regretful. Maybe robbed, robbed of sleep and you feel torn. Maybe an unsettled mind. And what it does is it leaves you feeling small, hidden, hiding away in a cave that maybe you've made for yourself, whatever it is, your work, your family, your life, your shed, wherever it is. And we find a place to go hide and disappear that maybe it's hard, but it's better than living in reality. Maybe it's better than facing what you're going through. You wanna be left alone. We say things like this, I just need to exist. This is the story of Gideon. And this is the story of Jehovah Shalom. Judges 6, chapter, Judges 6 verses one to two says, shows the story. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts, the caves and the strongholds. It was too much. So they disappeared into their caves. They, couldn't live in their reality because they didn't want to face their trouble, so they disappeared to a place that wasn't comfortable, but it felt safer to exist. And it says in verse 11, the angel of the Lord sat down under the oak and that belonged to Joash the, the Arbazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. What's incredible is the angel of the Lord sees him divided, split apart, hiding, hidden, broken, double-minded and torn. And he calls out not how Gideon feels, he calls out how God sees him. He calls out mighty warrior. Even if Gideon didn't feel that way, act that way or look that way. Pardon, I, I like this, Gideon has a real conversation. Maybe, let me, let me say this how you would say this. Pardon me, we replied, but if the Lord is with me, how has all this happened to me? Where are the wonders that Pastor Tony told me about? Where are the wonderful things that Sheena sang about? Did the not Lord not say He'll deliver me from my sickness and my pain and bring my kids back to God? Didn't He say He was Jireh and He would give me the finance, the money, the thing that I needed? And now He's left me with that boss, with that person, with that relationship, with my brokenness. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Midian out of, save, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. So Gideon realises there's nothing special about him. But he says, okay, if this is God talking, I'll do a number of tests to see if it's God. And I won't go into those tests today, but he discovers this is God Himself speaking to him. And it goes on in verse 23. But the Lord said to him, put on the screen, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it Jehovah Shalom. 
The Lord is peace. Everyone say, Jehovah Shalom. Shalom. The Lord is peace. For seven years, Midian have been attacking the Israelites and there has been thing after thing after thing, moment after moment after moment. In other places, we hear them called, called like, described like locusts, that they just relentlessly came and took everything, every bit of confidence, every bit of resource, every bit of life that the Israelites had. They were chaotic, they were destructive, they were, there was unending turmoil and drama, drama, drama. I don't know if you ever noticed when something goes wrong, it doesn't seem like one thing goes wrong, it's like everything goes wrong. It's not just one thing, but it's another thing. It's drama, drama, drama. Like at the start of this year, a microwave died. And then it was within just a couple days later, all of our air conditioning and heating in the house died. And we brought a repairman that charged us just to come out to tell us that the part was overseas and it would take three months to get to our house. So we just could live with that. Then two weeks later, our washing machine died. And we're like, that was, my goodness, things happen in threes. Like now, that's it. But then about a month later, our coffee machine died. And can I tell you, we could live with cold food. We could live with hot and cold conditions. We could live with dirty clothes, but when my coffee was taken from me, I'm like, Lord, why are you smiting me? <laughs> drama, drama, drama. And when we find Gideon and he's, and he's hiding after drama, 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 chaos, trauma and difficulty, year after year after year, and we find Gideon existing and hiding in the mountainside, in the cave. It's not comfortable, but because it's safer, then it's better to exist than to face the reality that's all around him. And he's there hiding with whatever little dignity he has left, hiding whatever little wheat he has left. And the angel of the Lord turns up and says, peace, have strength. But God seemingly makes a mistake. He doesn't get rid of the Midianites. He tells Gideon, I'm here, give you peace. But if I was God, I would have gone and dealt with all the trouble. I would have got, got rid of the enemy. And that doesn't sound like peace for most of us because we think we can only have peace when we are healed. We think we could only have peace when things get easier. We think we'll only ever experience peace when God answers our prayer, how we asked Him to answer it. Because the truth is most of us don't want peace, we want ease. And He never comes and gives ease, He comes and gives peace. See, the biblical word for peace is shalom. Everyone say shalom. And that word shalom there does not mean the absence of drama, drama, drama. It doesn't mean there's no chaos or conflict or sickness or trouble or pain. It actually means a completeness and wholeness, rest and well-being that's on you because of the presence of a person that gives you right standing with God. See, his peace doesn't mean trouble disappears. His peace means that you have wholeness and rest because of the presence of a person that gives you right standing with God. And he doesn't just give peace like a gift. He says, no, no, Jehovah, I am. I exist to be known as. I am wholeness and rest, completeness and right standing with God. 
He might look at this and think, but how can that be? Because it's an angel talking to him. And that word confuses us because that word angel actually doesn't mean angel like we see it. It means messenger. When you see the word angel, it just means messenger. And sometimes in the Old Testament, there are genuinely angels that appear. But in a couple special moments, it's not just an angel, but it is the messenger of the Lord. It's the Lord himself. It's Jesus. And appearing to Gideon here, most commentators would believe that this is Jesus himself saying, I won't just give you ease, I give you me. I am peace. I am wholeness and I am rest. So we see in Psalm 29 verse 11, the Lord gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses His people with shalom. You see, the blessing isn't ease. The blessing is Jesus. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, you will keep perfect shalom. And all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. It's not just a gift. It's when I fix my eyes on a person, when my thoughts go to the person of Jesus, there I have perfect shalom. It's what Isaiah prophesies about, which is not just an experience or a feeling because the Israelites got confused and thought when this Messiah would come, He'd get rid of all the Romans and all of the war and all of the difficulty and all of the locusts and all of the pain. But this prophecy doesn't talk about that, it talks about a person. In Isaiah, we read this at Christmas, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, here's the names of God, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting faster, faster, father. He's a faster father. I'm gonna stop, Prince of Peace. Zashalom, wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Zashalom. And the government and its peace will never end. It says His peace will never end. Other version says it will only increase. You see, He is Jehovah Shalom. He is our shalom, the Prince of Peace. He is Jesus. See, peace is not just a feeling, an emotion, or circumstances. Peace is a person. And you see this when the angels appear to the shepherds who are the lowest in society, who have never seemingly had breakthrough, never had all the riches, never had status, never had it all together, and the angels first appear to them like they do to Gideon. And this is what they say when Jesus is born. In Luke 2 verse 14, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. They are saying it is not just an emotional circumstances, but peace now lives among you. Romans 15 says, may the peace, may the God of peace be with you all. It is not just a gift, but peace is a person. Ephesians 2.14 says it this way, for He Himself is our peace. You see, He doesn't just give you peace, which is what many of us pray for, give me peace. No, He is peace. See, He doesn't give you a pill or a mantra or a strategy or a plan or a next or just an ease. Instead, no way He comes. See, if it was me, what I would do is I would remove all of the drama. If I was God, I would remove all of the trauma. But the problem is if He did that, you wouldn't need Him. 
So sometimes he doesn't remove all of your drama and remove all of your trauma because amongst it all, above ease, you hold him. See, he gives you himself and says, I am your peace so that you would embrace him, not just embrace ease. You see, a few months ago, we were in Bali. And uh, there's one night we, uh, we went out for dinner and uh, we left our two, our two boys with one of the adults that was with us and, and, and we went out for dinner, just, just a couple of us. And, and, and we got a phone call and our kids were sick. One of them was throwing up. So we're like, okay, we've got to get home. And, and, and so we get in a, in a cab, a bluebird, and, and we start making our way back to our hotel. But it's Ramadan festival and there's traffic everywhere. And, and, and we weren't basically not moving. So, uh, so I had an idea. There's like these Ubers in, in Bali, they're called Grabs. And they're not a car, they're a motorbike. And if you know anything about me, I've never really ridden a motorbike before, but I said to Shans, I've got to get back to the kids and we're never gonna get there at this rate. I'm gonna order a motorbike. So, so I, get, I download the app and, and I order this Grab and the car comes, the bike comes and, and I told him where to go. And I said to him, can you get there fast? And he said, how fast? And I said, real fast. And if you, and if you know anything about the, 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 the traffic in Bali is that there's lanes, but they're just suggestions. And, uh, and while there might be three lanes, they're actually like 40 motorbikes wide. And, and, then, and then as you're going, you, you don't just go on the road, you go whatever's the most dangerous, quickest way to get to where you want. So that could be on the medium strip, that could be on the pathway, you're going between cars and buses, and, and we're in the back streets, and, and we're going along fine, there's not much, tra- there's, there's traffic, but there's not like chaotic traffic. It's one lane, just line to line. No one's moving. So he's zipping past them and I'm holding onto the bike, having never been on a motorbike before. But then suddenly we get on the freeway and there's buses and there's trucks and there's four million motorbikes. And there seems like there's trouble to the left of me. There's trouble, trouble to the left of me, trouble to the right of me, trouble behind me, trouble in front of me. And this guy, he's booking and I have to make a decision. Do I hold on to the bike or do I hold on to this strange man. (laughs) And there's an Australian part of me that said, held on to the bike. But there's a part that wanted to live that said, hold on to him. And I wanna tell you, I tucked right on into him. I wrapped my legs around him and we were booking. I mean, he wasn't on the road. He was literally going down medium strips, going up pathways, going between buses and going between trucks. And at first I was so fearful. I wanted to say, make it all stop. But then as I held close, I started to like it. And then I'm seeing gaps and I'm like, take it. And there's like a medium strip and I'm like, go that way. And all of a sudden, I wasn't worried about the trouble to the left and the right and the front of the back. I was like holding on to him because I knew that he was in control. And we got near the hotel and I was like, the kids are okay, do another lap. And eventually we get to where we're staying and it gets off. And I was like, that was the ride of my life. And did I give him a tip? Yes. Did I give him eye contact? No. And I got to my kids. I tell you, the moment I just held on, 
suddenly I had peace. It wasn't that everything disappeared. It's that I just held on to the one that was in control. This is the good news. This is the Gospel. Not that life is perfect and not that there won't be trauma and difficulty. It's that He is in control. And when you embrace Him more than just easy seasons and easy conditions, all of a sudden you can have a shalom that surpasses understanding because it's not a feeling or emotion. It's a person and His name is Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's thank Him this morning. See, the, the peace of God has nothing to do with the absence of fear. Instead, it has everything to do with the presence of Jesus. That in the middle of it all is Zah Shalom. In the middle of it all is Jehovah Shalom. In the middle of it all is Jesus. And He's the one you hold on to. You see, peace is not a clear doctor's report. And clear is that there's no frustration in your marriage. Peace is not absolute certainty about your future. You see, He never promised us ease. What He promised us was presence. Which is why in Matthew, He says, I'll be with you always until the end of age. That's what He promised, His presence. It's the knowledge that Christ is with you and He's there when you get the diagnosis. It's that Christ is with you in the middle of those tense moments in your marriage. It's that Jehovah Shalom is the certainty in your future when there is no certainty in your future. I think it's when we need peace most desperately we actually sense His presence most abundantly and it's there we're okay. Which is why Jesus said, famous verse in John 16, He said, I have told you these things so that in me, we'll put it up, it says, I've told you these things so, everyone say it with me, in me. Not just in a circumstantial situation, I told you these things so in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but Take heart, for I have overcome the world. So if you're here today and you're going through trouble, if you're experiencing difficulties, if you're being tempted, if your finances are down the gurgler, or you've been robbed by a burglar, if you're done working for the man or no one's liking your stuff on Instagram, if exams sucked and last night you chucked, if you're losing your house or losing your passion for life, if you're losing your money or you're losing your marriage, if you're losing your job or you're losing a loved one, if you're losing your car keys, if you're losing your mind or you're losing your marbles, if you're struggling with temptation or you're feeling insecure, if everything around you is grey and everything seems so black and you're just blue, if there's health problems or money problems, if your husband's grumpy or you've been cold plumpy, maybe it's loneliness, hopelessness, emptiness or bitterness, maybe it's crepitations, odd sense frustration or constipation. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but in Him you can have peace so that you can take heart. Amen? Come on, the team can come. See, it's real. I'm not making light of it today, but I just, we get to the point where we just can go, sometimes the stuff in life is real. It's there. And He can heal. He is, he is Rapha, and He can provide. He's Jireh. He can rescue and redeem. He is Goel. He is all sufficient for my insufficiency. He is El Shaddai. And He is constantly and ongoingly doing those things, even if He doesn't move in the way that I ask Him to. But what He does say is in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. But then says, not as the world gives it to you. 
See, the peace of God is not this utopic lay on a beach in Bali, virgin pina colada, no trouble, no emails, no difficulty, no diagnosis kind of peace. See, the peace you're looking for actually can't be found by being successful or if you get lucky or if you change, then you'll have peace. Because what if you're not lucky tomorrow? What if you change for the worse? See, in fact, the peace of God is that you can be in the greatest crisis of your life and still experience peace. That instead of hiding from your problems, you're found in his presence. You hold on to his person. It doesn't make sense for you to be in the most stressful scenario that you've experienced and yet have the greatest sense of his presence, person and peace that you've ever experienced. But supernaturally you can. Because peace is not a circumstance, peace is a person. Which is why Paul says this famous verse. I wanna show you this to you as I finish. In Philippians 4, verse six to seven, he says this. He says, do not be anxious about anything. What a tough thing to say. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me show you something. Do you know what that word anxious means? Or anxiety? It means to be broken into pieces. It means to be torn apart. It means to be separated. It means to be troubled. It means to be double-minded, divided and torn. What's another name for that? Gideon, double-minded, split apart, broken, torn, in hiding, in worry, in anxiety. And what does he need more than anything? He needs peace. And Jesus turns up and says, what you can't be, I am Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. Now, knowing that, go in the strength you have. So how do we have it? Do we embrace our circumstances and just go, it is what it is, I'll just live with it? No, no, we're meant to have faith that He can heal, restore and change. Or do we go to the other extreme and say, I will not accept my circumstances because the diagnosis just isn't real. No, no, I'm... Uh, it, my reality is different to this reality. No, well, that's not allowing Him to come in and be your peace in the middle of the storm. Now, instead of embracing either reality, you have to embrace Jehovah Shalom. You have to embrace the Zah Shalom. You have to embrace the Prince of Peace. You have to embrace Jesus. And somehow then in the chaos, you can have calm. Trouble to the left of you, trouble to the right of you, trouble behind and trouble in front. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. In Him you can have peace, for He has overcome. Is that in the problem you have His presence, where in His presence He takes your torn and divided mind, body and spirit, and He brings it to wholeness and completeness that can only be found in Jesus.
This is beauty for ashes. This is broken to whole. It's torn to peaceful. From Gideon to Jesus. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son Jesus to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer, or you wanna know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.